Welcome to Season 2 of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's up, practitioners? How we doing, friends? So, it's kind of crazy. It feels like it's been a minute for us. Yeah. We, uh, we started recording last time, and... I don't know, something hit me, and I was not feeling right. Clayton got sicker than a dog, like, in literally a matter of minutes. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. We were we were halfway through a closer look, and boom, it just takes me. And so I was like, ha, I got to go. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. It went to the doctor, got tested for covid and other things and don't know uh all i know is that like uh another day of rest i i was good to go to work on tuesday there you go i i don't know but with that being said it feels like it's been a minute it feels like it's been a minute since we've done this podcast uh feels good yeah yeah, it's yeah. good. It feels good to be back. Yeah. So. Okay, so we're going to talk about creative scripture. Um, you know, last time we talked about God as creator. And along those same lines, um, I do believe 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed, that God has a voice in all of it. Sure. Um, sometimes I think that voice is diminished. And humans' voices much more elevated, uh, but I definitely think it's penned by people that are God-inspired and trying to write things about God. Sure. Um, and so, in that, I think God is definitely involved in this work in a very divine way, and it is unfortunately given a bad rep. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody looks at it and is like, it's a rule book. It's like, well, actually, it's not. Um, there are 673 rules. Um, there are some genealogies. It is a bit of a history book. But it's a story. Yeah. This book is written by poets and creatives and writers and authors and dreamers there's and an artists. Enti- yeah, there's an entire book in there that some dude wrote. For his one of his many wives. Okay, so you're talking about Song of Songs. <laughs> yeah. Or Song of Solomon. It, yeah, I was going to talk about this one. Good, because, like, it, it, it's beautiful. It, it's weird. Like, when you translate it to English, it's weird. Yeah, it doesn't really fit our culture that well, and that's why you don't really hear many people preaching out of it. Um, well, also, it, it's erotica. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he it, names her breasts. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hard to preach from, especially in a family no. environment. Oh no, nah, man, I could no, I could preach from it. <laughs> okay, I could, pre- I could preach from it. it it's uh, a beautiful book, though. Well, a lot like of the, it's metaphor, yeah, and it's poetry, um, and it is beautiful. At one point, he's chasing her through a garden. It's mm. this journey of pursuit. Um, 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it is, but it is erotica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Judaism, ancient Judaism, or I guess even some versions of practicing Judaism today, um, you're not allowed to read it until after your bar mitzvah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So, it, yeah, it is absolutely um, a creative book. Um, it, yeah. It's awesome. Um, but also lots of the Psalms, right? Oh, so the Psalms are, yeah, the Psalms are prayers. Right. Um, and they're prayed by very real people. And, but sometimes they are like songs. Well, when they're prayed by artists. Yeah, they are sung. Which most of them are. You know, David writes like some outrageous, like 60 something percent of the Psalms. Yeah. And when you're first introduced into David, you learn that he's a musician. He's a musician. Yeah, he played for the king. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it makes sense that a creative, an artist in that yeah. way, would pray songs. Yeah. Um, and pray very creative and beautiful things. Well, and like that. That's also still not lost today in Christian practice. Nope. Uh. We sing songs all the time um, in and out of American, yeah. white American evangelicalism, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we, all, we all still do that, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those are also influenced by Scripture. Yeah. Um, scripture is fundamentally creative. Yeah. Well, there are parts of it that are not, right? I mean, sure. So there are some genealogies that are not creative at all. But then there are some genealogies that are very creative. No, that's true. Like Matthew chapter Mm 1. Matthew chapter 1 is a genealogy of Jesus that very uniquely and very creatively includes five women in the lineage of Jesus, which if you understand the book of Matthew, what it's trying to do is it's trying to show you that Jesus is the ultimate Jew. Mm -hmm. He's the new Moses. Of those five women that are highlighted, they're not the epitome of Judaism. Right. They're what you know Judaism. society yeah. would say is the bottom of the barrel of it. Yeah. Right? Ruth the Moabite, um, the outsider. You've also got um, Bathsheba yep. and all the stuff surrounding that story. You've got Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute. Yep. Um, yeah, you've got Mary, the out of wedlock. Yeah, and you've got Tamar, the rape victim yeah. um, of Judah. Yeah, some of them can be very creative, mm. but you just have to read. Um, the Gospels are each uniquely very creative works. They're each telling their own story of Jesus. Yeah. There's a reason that there's four tellings. Um, is because they're trying to highlight different things. Um. I mean, yeah, and we could also even just talk about, like, um, well, here's another great example. First and Second Chronicles oh, is yeah. a retelling of First, Second Samuel and First, Second Kings mm-hmm. um, because they come from two different traditions. First and Second Chronicles is clearly written, like, 
several hundred years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, a, it's written from a priestly perspective in the post-exilic era. So think, you know, Ezra, Nehemiah time period. First, Second Chronicles is written, and it's a Jewish history from that time. Looking back at the way, uh, and it it changes. So there's a a passage, um, in I think First Samuel. I can't remember. Um, but it talks about an evil spirit of the Lord mm-hmm. being the active agent in one of these stories, and then when you get to it in Chronicles. Um, it changes that not to an evil spirit of the Lord. It changes it to Satan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you see the development of it. Like this is a story that's developing and being retold over and over and over again um, in different ways. Um, you know, you could also say the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Exodus is quite a beautiful story um, in the way that one's told. But... We also shouldn't forget, and we can talk about the creativity of the prophets too, because each of them are artists. Yeah, I was um, about to go there. Yeah, so like, I think Ezekiel. Yeah, so, okay, I was about to go to Ezekiel. Okay, what you got? Just a lot of his language. Uh, that 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 weird thing in, in chapter 23, where he's talking about the... The women who lusted after the men oh. with members like those of donkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this he's a real radical dude. Yeah. He, I think I'm a lot like Ezekiel. He's like a real edgy person. Mm. Now, he's also just strange and weird. Because yeah. he's also the dude that, like, the text tells us that he laid on his side for two years. And then, or a year, and then cooked his food over his own dung. Yeah. And then he finished the year and God told him to do it on the other side. <laughs> so it's like he's just a strange character. Yeah. Um, but like one of the most beautiful passages in all of the Old Testament, I think, might be Ezekiel 37 in the Valley of Dry Bones. Yeah. Um, that story is beautiful pneumatologically because he says speak to the wind speak Mm -hmm. to the breath speak to the spirit speak to the ruach um which is one of the only times you see that ever that Mm -hmm. you can pray to the spirit right um but it also is a story of life Mm -hmm. that that life comes back into death um that's a beautiful creative telling no it is um for sure and, and so the prophets are like that. You know, each of them have their own voice. Jonah is, you know, another. That's a different kind of prophetic voice because it has narrative involved in it in a large way. Um, but like, yeah. So the prophets, I could spend forever talking about the prophets and the way each of them have their own unique voice. Um, but we would be remiss if we were talking about um, any you know, story like this and we negated to talk about Job. Yeah. It. Go ahead. For me, it is like, 
It's an ancient Hebrew epic. Because yeah, Job that. is on a journey, but he never moves. Right. That. That is exactly what it is. That is communicating um, God's relationship with humanity. Yeah. Right? That, that That's the, the, the wrestle here. And... It's it is done very believe it's a real story or not, whatever. It's told very creatively. Yeah, like the, the, Job's conversations with God. Those are incredible. Well, what we're also missing is that it's not as easy for the ancient world to write. Right. Um. It's hard. It's expensive. Um, it's not easy to preserve. And it's long. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... These are things that they felt are very important. Correct. And the thing about Job is that the author of Job created the entire universe. Yeah. Um, because each of those friends, both the three goofy friends and the fourth one that shows up later that actually knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Each of those are uniquely positioned. Um, and all of those conversations that are created between them, between Job and God, and then God's voice back. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Job is an entire created universe having a very relevant and helpful conversation. Mm -hmm. It is the ancient world's version of pick your trilogy of today, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, Harry yeah. Potter. Uh, yeah, any of the Marvel movies. Yeah, it, yeah, well, but it's the whole collection. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, Because it's exactly. an epic. It, it's the entire universe being created. Correct. That That's why we talk about, you know, Marvel as... A Marvel's, universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it is. A, it is a collective story that is happening in pieces. Yeah. Well, this is true for you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess in that way it is. Narnia is true for this, right? It's mm. a created universe. Um, any of the like Hunger Games, Divergence, um, or Insurgents here. I don't know. You could what it's honestly called. make the argument though that. Every creative re retelling is creating its own universe, though. No, because if you're given the plot line, I mean, because like Chronicles is not its own universe. Mm -hmm. Chronicles is the it's telling the same universe as First and Second Samuel's First and Second Kings. Mm -hmm. It's just highlighting different pieces of that universe. Mm -hmm. So, in those kind of ways, but like I genuinely like me personally, I believe Job is a made up story that communicates truth. And sure. so that entire universe is created by the author. Mm -hmm. um, and as is true for, you know, Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, right. there's so many of these great universes that have been created with even some of them with their own languages, right? Mm. Um, these Game can get Thrones. real elaborate. Oh, yeah, Game of Thrones is another great one. Single-handedly the greatest TV show that's oh. ever been made. Hands down. Uh, close no seconds, Breaking Bad. Vikings is in there for me. Oh, I haven't watched that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Job is an entire created reality. Correct. Which is really cool. 
that's really cool. And the artistry in that for an ancient author and the poetry of it. Mm-hmm. Like you should like it's yeah, it's different because right they're writing in a different language. And so but yeah, the poetry of it is also just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I think if we're going to have any conversation about divine creativity, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the creativity of this book. Because the other thing is, we haven't talked about, and maybe it's a good way to end, uh, uh, pun intended, uh, with the revelation. Uh, yeah, we, we. I guess we should. It's another created universe. Uh, now, John seems to believe he got it in a vision, mm. right? But like, it's still his created reality. Sure. Uh, that he had a vision of. Um depending on how it came together. But I think it's all, I think all of the Johannine corpus are kind of put together from a school because they are all so tight and there's no way John wrote all of it in his lifetime. There's just no way it's impossible. And then John, the elder, that whole thing, like, yeah. Um, So yeah, it's probably just some school that's representing John uh, probably in Ephesus. But anyways, um, Revelation is a very, very creative book. Yeah. Uh, dragons and women riding dragons. Serpents and... Jesus wearing a robe dipped in blood. And looking riding like on a, a white horse. Yeah, looking like Gandalf figure. Yeah, um, coming down out of the clouds. With tattoos, might I mind you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has tattoos. Riddle me that, Aunt Betty at First Baptist, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, and and <laughs> and created temples. Yeah, yeah, like made up temples um, and visions of one hundred and forty four thousands and Armageddon and Horse of Death and yeah and all kinds of really strange apocalyptic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. All created realities. Um, And they each have their own creative voice. And in the same way, me as a creative, you as a creative, would you want your voice to just be harmonized with someone else's voice? So don't do that to the Gospels. Don't do any of these things where we're trying to harmonize them together. They're each telling and highlighting their own parts of the stories, even in their chronology. And that's okay because it was okay to do that in ancient biographies. They didn't view time the same way we view time because they didn't view time as a commodity. Um, And so it's a little bit different. But yeah, we would be remiss if we did not spend some time talking about the divine creativity and beauty in this book. Um, It is a masterpiece. And, And it is definitely worth spending some time in uh, and enjoying its beauty and creativity. Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.